The NBA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at winbet.com. That's W-Y-N-N-Bet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Coors Light. When you're sweating out your bets, make sure to grab a mountain cold refreshment. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. We're also brought to you by ProudSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's ProudSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by the SGPN app. Just enter SGPN in the App Store or Google Play Store. And welcome everyone to the NBA Gambling Podcast. This is Monday evening, June 21st, 10.50 p.m. on the East Coast. This is your host, ZB, joined for the 200th episode of the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Got a very special group of guests lined up. I'm going to start with our newest guest. You guys definitely know him if you listen to this podcast. So we got Sean. Stacking the money green on. I'm sure you guys can guess the reason why he's joining us for the NBA <laughs> podcast. Sean, how are you, brother? <laughs> well, I, I'm doing horrible when it comes to uh, basketball, but doing great uh, everywhere else. Thanks for having me on. I'm sure we're about to get into it, but uh, appreciate the time. Yes, sir. We got Moonop as well. Moonop, what's up, bro? What's going on, fellas? I have my popcorn ready, so let's let's just dive right into it. I'm excited, man. <laughs> and we got Mr. Dan Titus. Dan, as a Sixers fan as well, how are you, bro? <laughs> uh, man, uh, yesterday was Father's Day. I got the, the four-month-old, man. I was ready for a great day, and they fucking blew it. So I'm still, I'm still riding a little bit of pain, man. I'll be honest. So I'm ready to vent. Yeah, there we go. So the, the plan for tonight's show, we're going to get a little bit of Sixers vent session. Obviously, a, a team and a city that's near and dear to the SGPN family. And uh, we got the perfect guys to do it. So, Sean, the floor is yours. What was your reaction last night when uh, Ben Simmons passed open a wide open duck to dump it oh, to a disciple? I mean, it was just the, the turd on the shit Sunday that has been Ben Simmons in the playoffs. I mean, he's shooting what, like 31% from the line? It's, it's insane that it's gotten to this point, you know, and as so. Someone who was trying to be supportive of Doc, like, yeah, Brett Brown was too soft. He let these guys do whatever they wanted. Why, why is why is he even out there at all? He's not contributing. And, yeah, sure, he had some defensive moments. But, I mean, this was embarrassing uh, for the entire city. And it takes a lot to embarrass the city of Philadelphia. We've done some embarrassing things. I mean, where, you know, only a few games removed for me trying to defend a guy, you know, throwing popcorn in round one on, uh, on someone on, on Russell Westbrook and the Wizards. So we do a lot as fans to embarrass the city of Philadelphia, but Ben Simmons topped it with his just lackluster dog shit performance. It's one thing if they left it, and I forget who it was. One of the guys tweeted out, it might have been Tobias Harris, if it is, God help him, that they left it all on the floor. It's like, no, you can't say that. Not now. And then you got Embiid kind of alluding to uh, basically like a, a an interview where he's subtweeting uh, Simmons. You know, if you're going to make fun 
front of him and call him out, use his name. It's just soft on so many levels. And Embiid is actually getting a pass because, dude, you're the leader. Lead. There was just nothing. There was no heart. It was it was just everything that Philly doesn't stand for in, in one series. And you saw it coming. That was the worst part. You saw it coming for so long. I almost... I, I wish there was some way they could have lost the series after game five, but they had to delay the inevitable and win game six, give us hope again, and then rip it away. Horrible. That's all I got. <laughs> so, Dan, I, th- I think you have that, but also the first Father's Day. So how did that work, oh, yeah. out? How did that work out with the festivities and then the uh, depression coming off the loss? So I'll be honest. I, I told the in-laws, I was like, listen, as much as I would love to celebrate this joyous occasion with you, I got Sixers to watch. It's game seven, pivotal moment in the franchise here. This is the process coming to fruition. Get to the Eastern Conference Finals, the easiest path you possibly have to get in a ring. Now, these fucking guys, man, and I, <laughs> so I have to back up a little bit because like as much as I want to go in on Ben, it gets deeper than that. So I'm going to zoom out a little bit. This is on like a roster construction thing. So you got three max guys. And all of them are bitch ass soft, like soft as tissue paper, fucking whack. And even the leadership, this goes back to the Brett Brown days. He, they, everybody was always coddled, and especially Ben Simmons. This dude's been coddled since he's been in the league. He signed with LeBron James's, you know, Rich Paul Clutch Sports. He was deemed the fresh prince. He sucks <laughs> basketball. Like, all right, he doesn't suck, but he's not good. Like offensively in today's NBA, you have to be able to shoot the ball. And this guy had, as a starting point guard, a perennial all-star and defensive player candidate. He had a 16.7% usage rate in the playoffs. Ranked 37 among active qualifiers. Freaking RJ Barrett had a higher usage rate than Ben Simmons. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, dude, we're paying you max dollars and you don't shoot the ball at all in the fourth quarter for last four games what is like what and then you got Tobias Harris and that's why I'm saying like this is a big this is a deeper issue than just Ben how many layups did Tobias Harris miss that guy like he can't draw contact he refuses to be a man he just to play up to competition um and Joel Joel Embiid man like as 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 good as he is he had eight turnovers in game seven and he got stripped by Danilo Gallinari to win. The, like, that was a critical possession. And he's just loosely doing a spin move at the top of the key. Like, have some awareness, bro. And, you know, I can't help but miss Danny Green. I can't believe I'm saying that. But, like, Burkhan <laughs> Korkmaz is getting critical minutes along with fucking uh, Matisse Thibault, who's the nicest guy in the fucking world, but I don't want the nicest guy in the fucking world. Give me a dog. That's not going to make a dumbass decision in a critical moment. And Glenn, I'm not even going to call him fucking doc. There's only one doc that I recognize in the city of Philadelphia. And that's doc. That's a Julius Irving. Fuck doc rivers. This guy is the worst winning percentage (laughs) in closeout games in NBA history. He's like one in 12 or some shit. Like I'm over it. The process is the process. The process is flawed. It's cursed. I think he's had enough. I've already seen reports that he's not re- he's not going to the Olympics because he's going to work on his game in L.A., a.k.a. he's going to be on the shop in three weeks bitching about how he didn't have a fair shake by the Philly, the Philly audience and Philly fans. Like, I'm over it. Trade him, trade Tobias. I'm good. 
Go get Kyle Lowry in the offseason. Let let Tyrese Maxey grow and develop in this in this system. <laughs> that, that was incredible. Nailed it. So, so Sean, so take take me through your kind of roller coaster of emotions throughout the day. Going into the game, were you confident? And then halftime and then kind of third quarter, fourth quarter. Where did your kind of heartbeat go throughout the afternoon? Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was weird in the sense that, like, I, I I kind of felt good that they didn't have a lead going into the first half. They were down by two. Okay, that's their sweet spot. They're down by a few points. They're in this game. And then there were – honestly, when Embiid had that kind of monster dunk and the crowd went nuts and I'm text – you know, my group text is just like, Embiid, all capital exclamation points. <laughs> I thought that – that was going to be the the emotional turn like okay we move past this bullshit and then it creeps back like it really was just one layup i get it or possibly a dunk again you're within one foot you have a lot of options but simmons not scoring there it was an emotional thing like it was just when you have someone like that, that's supposed to be a bigger part of your team. It's crazy. And, you know, Dan nailed it when he was saying, you know, in this, in this version of the NBA, you have to have some offensive game. I would argue his game is so bad. It it wouldn't work in any NBA year. Like even in the, (laughs) even in the 1980s, you had to be able to make a goddamn layup. Like, yeah, you didn't have, you know, there weren't guys hitting like step back jumpers, but they were still shooting within 10 feet of the goddamn rim. Like, it's not new. You need to be able to put the ball in the hoop to be a good basketball player. I, I get, you know, there were, I, I think someone in our slack was trying to compare, like give him a break and be like, Oh, Dennis Rodman. That was his thing, right? He was just <laughs> rebounding. No, he's not Dennis Rodman. All right. Let's he's not a hall of fame rebounder and all, he plays point guard. You're supposed to be able to handle the ball. I still think he's shooting with the wrong hand. It's, I mean, Simmons is the scapegoat. He moon off. You're laughing, but tell me he wouldn't shoot. I, I mean, 30% from the line. It, it can't get worse. I mean, I, I know Simmons is getting this is kind of the scapegoat, but um, there are other people and, and Dan built a great case against the franchise and everyone uh, that deserve it, but it's hard to get away from Simmons because it was so bad. Yeah, so it was, and, and apparently he is thinking about uh, switching his hand of, of shooting in this offseason while he skips his work, his Team Australia <laughs> duties. And, um, it's always what you want to hear from your yeah. number one <laughs> overall pick, Max Flair. He's considering realizing he's shooting with the wrong hand. <laughs> How did it get this far? Dude, did How? you see the reports? Like, Doc Rivers is literally saying, oh, wait, now we figured out we have a plan for him. Yeah. After the season, what the fuck? What have you been doing? You practice every day. The, what is the, the what is this magical plan now? The the plan is oh wait if I if uh, when they ask uh, you know they ask him is he a point guard that can win an NBA championship and he says I don't know uh, you know someone's like oh, that really hurts the trade value so pretend like we have a plan pretend like we just forgot okay. to mention how to fix him and, and work on that and just hype that hype the plan up yeah that's what we need as Sixers fans a goddamn plan we had a plan it was to suck for a long time and bring in these really good players then we'd be good that plan sucked we don't trust your plans <laughs> so dan what about what about you what did you make of the post-game comments by doc saying that he wasn't sure if ben simmons was his point guard and then joel as well so you know kind of shifting some of the blame obviously off himself to ben what did you kind of see that and how does that kind of shape your idea of the future of this team 
Yeah, I, I I think it was actually a bit refreshing because, like, as I was talking about before with the coddling, like, I think it's about time someone gave him some accountability. And, you know, he gave some – Ben Simmons gave some answer, like, oh, I have to play better, you know, blah, 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 whatever. <laughs> um, I, I like that Joel and B called him out. He did it passive-aggressively, but everybody knew he was talking about him when he didn't shoot that shot. Um so, you know, I'm actually okay with the fact that they threw him under the bus because, like, again, like, he, he's never been told that everyone – he thinks he's this shit. Like, his game is so whack. Like, I can't even – it's so hard to be a Sixers fan because they were number – they were the number one seed, but they were the, probably the most overrated number one seed I've ever seen. Like, watching them play basketball was fucking painful. And as much as I'm a fan, like, I was going to root for them, but, like, that doesn't mean that their brand of basketball is fun to watch. Like, they're just – Oh my God. Um, yeah, but the post game comments, I think that they were fair. I think doc could also take some blame for not having in-game adjustments. And I don't know if you guys saw on Twitter, but Josh Smith was like airing them out today on Instagram. It was fucking (laughs) hilarious. Um, and you can't, you can't deny it, man. Like the guy's track record is just, it's not good. And uh, this is just another example of him blowing it from a coaching perspective. You know, we give Budenholzer a lot of credit, uh, a lot of, a lot of uh, shit for not being able to make in-game adjustments, but the Bucks won out. They beat a, a, a good team. Yeah, they were injured, but fact is they got it done. I don't think the Sixers have any excuses. You know, at this point, Bogdanovich was hurt. Trey Young is just a, he's a baller. Like no, none of those Hawks were scared of the moment. And all I saw at the end of the game was Danilo Gallinari fired up and his team like let's get this done versus everybody on the Sixers side that look they just lost their fucking mom like why are y'all depressed like we could still win the game here you, y'all lost the game at halftime like they weren't even ready to show up the energy in the room was was lacking man they, they didn't I'm at this point I'm glad that they lost so that we can shine a better light on what we need to do to change this franchise going forward so what is the answer going forward I'll give you guys each kind of what what's the ideal offseason for the Sixers? Does Doc come back? Uh, does Ben Tobias come back? Sean, what what do you think? Well, no, I mean for Ben's personal safety, he should not be in a Sixers <laughs> uniform again. I mean my my view of him as a player aside, the just personal health and well being. There's he's not dribbling a basketball in the state of Pennsylvania again. Uh, that much I can guarantee. I, I mean. And, you know, I I haven't crunched the numbers here, but if they could get Dame Lillard, maybe that uh, is the move. Probably not realistic, but if they can get Dame Lillard, and, you know, you can really, and, you know, bringing in Lowry, that's interesting as well. Um, Dame obviously would be the first choice if you can bring in a scorer like him. But honestly, it's probably a mid level guy um, that has some fight, that has some attitude. I was always disappointed they got rid of Jimmy Butler, and I don't think that's a coincidence that the farthest this team has gotten in the playoffs was with Jimmy Butler on the team because Jimmy Butler doesn't put up with bullshit and you know, maybe he does to a certain degree, but like he he's, he seemed like he was tough on them. And and that certainly was the toughest version of their team was when he was a part of it. So I, you know, I don't think they can bring Jimmy back, but a guy like Jimmy, and I don't know who that, who that guy is, but someone like that would be awesome for this team. That aside, Dame Lillard, certainly a score like him would be awesome. Dan, a guard that's not afraid to shoot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that. 
Um, I think Sean brings up a great point, man. Like the, they missed on, on not resigning Jimmy Butler. That was a franchise mistake. Um, Cause you're right. Like that team went so far. They lost on a ridiculous shot that, you know, Kawhi knocked down, but he held them all accountable and you need a leader in the locker room. They don't have that. So at this point you gotta, you gotta get back to, to square one, rip the shit to shreds, go get a, a scoring point guard or a scoring threat. Um, I've seen some ideas of like a McCollum and a Rocco for, for Ben and like George Hill wouldn't mind Brad Beal. If he was available, I'm sure he wants to be on a winning franchise for a change. Um, but overall, man, I think, you know, Ben Simmons was a part of the Elton. I mean, excuse me. Um, Ben Simmons has been there before Daryl Morey. So I think that this is a great time where he can press reset and do what actually he wants to kind of control the pieces, taking the power out of Elton Brand, because honestly, Elton Brand fucked up bad by not re-signing Jimmy, giving Tobias a max deal, worst, worst case scenario there. So I think we're going to write that ship a little bit. Now, how you make the money work, I don't know. But if it takes shipping Tobias out to Sacramento or some other mo- small market team, I'm all for it. Get him out of there. Ben Simmons, send him wherever the hell he needs to go. I don't care. At this point, I don't know what his trade value is, so I'd be willing to take him for some later future picks at this point. Fuck it. Uh, sorry, I'm muted. It's going to be a pretty interesting offseason there. Sean, thank you so much for coming on. Any final thoughts that you need to get off your chest with regard to this uh, demise in Philly? <laughs> No, just Ben Simmons. You will not be missed. Maybe they can uh, send him to uh, the Pacers so he can hang out with Carson Wentz. R.I.P. <laughs> Thanks, dude. With that, let's take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and get to some uh, other betting news uh, in Game 2 of Suns Clippers. Today's episode of the NBA Game Only Podcast presented by WinBet. WinBet is bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. Get in all your favorite teams, players, and sports games. Generous promos, odds, and parlays are happening right now at WinBet. So get started today and you'll receive a special offer up to $500 risk-free sports bet. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at winbet.com. It's W-Y-N-N bet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off, hit reset, and that's when you reach for Coors Light because it's made to chill. Mountain cold refreshment, made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged, so it's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look. Delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate responsibly. Okay, and coming back off the break, pretty epic stuff there, Sean and Dan. You guys clearly had a lot to uh, get off your chest. Moon up, what did you, uh, what did you think of that? As a Rockets fan, I will say that Mel made me feel a lot better about this season because <laughs> we were <laughs> we were the we were the talk of the town for, for a long time in the NBA with all the shit that we were dealing with, and and Dan and and, and Sean being good friends now are are making me feel a lot better about about the situation in Houston. But <laughs> I, I know you saw guys saw me laughing this whole time, but um, <laughs> I thought it was just funny. I think they brought up a couple of great points and I think maybe just kind of wrap it up. Uh, Zach, you and I can kind of throw our 
our yeah. thoughts out. And I, will, I know we'll discuss this in the offseason about the Sixers is that it almost seems like that a guy like Kyle there. Well, number one, I think they're lacking a true leader. You know, you guys brought up a guy like Jimmy Butler, who's a guy that doesn't take shit and, and really, you know, galvanizes the team. And, and you have that lot, that leader in the locker room, kind of like Chris Paul is for the Phoenix Suns. I, I think that's what they were kind of lacking. I think Kyle Lowry is that type of guy that you could probably bring in on the Sixers team that could be a leader because the body language in game seven, like you guys just mentioned, it just wasn't there. Like there wasn't a guy that was hyping this team up and, and, and being that vocal voice, like, Hey, we're still in this game. Stop putting our heads down. I think that's what they need. So again, Ben Simmons, like we talked about yesterday, Zach, he's not going to be on this roster next year. Daryl Morey is a wizard when it comes to uh, building rosters. I think that Tobias Harris, I'm not sure if he will be there, but we can say for sure, minus 500, minus 1,000, Ben Simmons will not be on the roster. We saw the report this morning where it says, we have plans for Ben Simmons this offseason. Yeah, that plan is going to be to trade him in the offseason and see what you can get. But, um, yeah, I, I, I just I just feel for Sixers fans. Yeah, and obviously the meniscus injury doesn't help. I, you know, you never want to blame an injury, but that obviously played some sort of role in this loss. And also, sure. I think, like, it's just so crazy looking back that, Ben Simmons for James Harden was on the table and the Sixer and the, and you know, that, that trade could have happened and imagine how different these playoffs would have been if that trade did happen. Um, and then you also look at the potential for Kyle Lowry, you know, was Tyrese Maxey really the holdup in that trade? Look, yeah. I like Maxey a lot and I like him for the future, but Kyle Lowry would have been a big addition this year. Now we look to the off season. The only thing I'll say is that Simmons for Kemba idea and the sort of Simmons for Westbrook idea that Scott also threw in slack. I think, both would make a ton of sense, especially for OKC. Like, I think everyone assumes they're just waiting to cash in, but like Ben Simmons is kind of the ideal player that you might want to cash in a small amount of chips on his values at an all time low. And um, it, it wouldn't cost you that much to get him right now. And he's probably someone who'd be amenable to OKC given what he just experienced in a major market like Philly. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if any, anything does become of that. Um, but yeah, that was that was funny as hell. And for our two hundredth yeah. episode, it's very fitting that uh, for SGPN that we had a Philly uh, a Philly <laughs> emotional <laughs> moment to break down. <laughs> yeah, that glad, that, glad that we could be of thing. service. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and definitely uh, shout out to everyone at SGPN. Shout out to McKee for starting this off and the journey to two hundred has been a lot of fun. Great season so far. Still yep. not done. And on that note, let's do what we do best. Let's go to game two for Clippers and Suns. Dan, what did you think of uh, that game one and um, any takeaways that you have uh, for handicapping game two? Man, uh, you know, we've already gotten the alert that Chris Paul is going to be out for game two along with Kawhi Leonard. Well, I think what we saw is the emergence of the superstar that is Devin Booker, um, 40-point triple-double, man. Like, that's just, you know, I'm, I'm so excited to watch him blossom because i think you know while he has a lot of the the mold and the skill set of kobe bryant he hasn't been able to have a stage to really put it all together and now that the way that the suns look now um with this complete roster even without cp3 they're dangerous man i think that they're um i think that there's a very good chance that they could do this in a gentleman's sweep if not uh four games depending on you know cp3's health and, and Kawhi leonard but um yeah, in terms of handicapping, I think 
the the Clippers actually are going to remain competitive in this series. Like, I don't, I don't think that they're going to shy away. I think we saw them shoot a lot better. Paul, Paul George especially played a lot better um, than what he's been as of late. You know, I, I think that is, he's been getting this bad taste in his mouth from, from previous, previous playoffs and, and especially in the bubble. But I think he's finally got over that hump now that he's the man with, with Kawhi Leonard out. And um, we've seen Reggie Jackson just play extremely well. So I don't think the team's going anywhere. I think they'll still remain competitive. But ultimately, you know, I think that the, the Suns are just going to be – they're just too good. Um, Mikhail Bridges' defense is exquisite. He leads in, He leads the playoffs in plus-minus at like 18.1. Um, Jay Crowder continues to be the dog. Like they have the great, the, the nice balance of like goons, IQ, and and talent. And I think ultimately that that's what's going to win conference finals. So game two, I see the Clippers at five and a half, uh, lane five and a half. Um, I'm going to take them um, for the spread, but money line, I'm, I'm going with Phoenix. I think that Phoenix is going to win this game. They've been stellar at home all season, and I don't see even with Chris. Again, I don't see any reason why uh, we shouldn't be backing them once again to win outright. Yeah, and obviously Marcus Morris questionable for this game as well. He's, I guess, dealing with some knee soreness or something of those sorts. And his, if his, if he is out, that really hurts the Clippers as well because that small ball lineup they kind of went to that crushed the Jazz that definitely involved Marcus Morris and his size and strength. So Moon up game two. Spread at five and a half, total two twenty four. Where you where you going on this one? Yeah, and I I said this at the beginning of the playoffs is that um, the Phoenix Suns are just so dominant at home. They did have that game two loss against the Lakers in round one, but I think that we were all kind of expecting that with AD and LeBron to bounce back. But if you take a look at in the first two games against Denver, uh, they won the first game by seventeen, and they came back and won this game two at home by twenty five. Um, I think Phoenix is going to roll again here. It just almost seems like that they should have just started this series 2-0, and then that's when the Clippers kind of flipped the switch for themselves. We saw it in the first two rounds. Um, I think you got also got to continue to stay here with the over. Um, it, and these are two great shooting teams. We know what the Clippers are capable of shooting from three-point line. They were number one all season long and, and as far as percentage. Um, and then, you know, Phoenix also has the great shooters on their team with Devin Booker, Mikael Bridges, Jay Crowder, uh, the list kind of goes on for them. So um, I, I think we'll, we'll see a lot of points again, and I'm, I'm going to stay with Phoenix um, at home on spread, and then probably game three will be the game where I think the Clippers will bounce back. But as far as game two, give me the over and give me uh, the Suns. Yeah, I definitely like the over in the spot. I feel like that both these teams are having trouble, going ha- to have trouble guarding each other. Clippers don't really have a good matchup to deal with Devin Booker. Like he can kind of rise up over like he's, I think he's probably a good amount taller than Donovan Mitchell. Right. I mean, yeah, he can kind of get up a shot over these kind of pesty guards. I do think that, you know, there's an angle for both these teams to score the Clippers three point shooting has been great. Reggie Jackson, still good. Paul George, still really good in this matchup. And, you know, while the, the Suns do have a really nice collection of wing defenders, like it's mm-hmm. not really, you know, there's not going to like, shut down anyone at the, at the point of attack. Maybe Kawhi, if he does come back, you like can throw bridges on him. But I still like the Clippers, the, the way they can move the ball, you know, spread you out. So I, I, I do see the angle for points in this game. So I like that over 224. On the spread, five and a half, would probably go with the Clippers, but I do think this one, the Suns get this one done. Um, any player props, team totals, quarter bets that you guys are looking at? Dan, we'll start with you. Yeah, one interesting one that uh, 
had a slight adjustment from game one was Terrence Mann. His points, rebounds, assists was sitting at 19 and a half in game one. See, it's moved down slightly to 17 and a half. Um, I still think that this is still a bit overstated, man. Like he had one game of an explosion in game six, obviously of the, the Western Conference semis, but like I haven't seen anything from him, especially in game one, that is going to give me an indication that he's going to have any more success than, uh, than, than 17 and a half. So um, I'm going to take the under on Terrence Mann yet again at 17 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. Um, that's the one prop I have right now. I'll probably cook up another one here as we keep talking. There you go. Moon up. How about you? Yeah, I, I think I got to be a little square here, but I think you got to continue riding Devin Booker because if they're, the Suns are going to win uh, without Chris Paul, it's going to have to be on the back of Devin Booker. And I currently see his points prop listed at 31 and a half. He had 40 points without any effort in game one. And I think that shooting – uh, should continue in uh, game two. I mean, he's a guy that can get it from anywhere on the floor, from the three-point line, the mid-range, um, around the basket, knocking down free throws. So he's just a great, great scorer, and, and he can create his own shot too. So I'll say with Devin Booker, over 31.5 points in uh, game two. Who do you guys think could be the guy for the Clippers to step up if they do win this game? You know, off the, you know a guy other than Paul George maybe to look at for a points prop. Um, it's tough to say, like we've talked about the three guys. We're not sure what's going to happen with Marcus Morris right now with his yeah. e- uh, the injury that he suffered. Um, it almost seems like it has to be Terrence Mann, right? Because we know Reggie Jackson has had what three straight games now without Kawhi Leonard, um, 20 plus points. I currently see him at 19 and a half. Uh, so I think that might be one to jump on, but uh, it almost seems like that what happened in games five and six, it's going to have to be on the back of those three guys. Uh, if you see maybe a Luke Kennard three-point prop or some fifth points, he's kind of came around um, and shot well too. But um, for me, it's it's going to have to be the, the main guys that got it done in five and six in round two against Utah, whether it's Reggie Jackson or Terrence Mann. But I would rather have Terrence Mann at home. So I think for me, it's probably Reggie Jackson. who's probably going to have to drop maybe 25-plus points for the Clippers to win this game. Yeah, agreed. And, and Luke Kennard did knock down two threes. I think Terrence Mann is someone – he look, he was plus five in his minutes, only played 27 of them. Reggie Jackson also had a positive plus-minus in this game. So I definitely think there is a pathway for the Clippers to win this game. I think it probably starts with shooting, you know, 45% of three for three and making, you know, 18 or 19 threes and then getting a big Paul George game around that. Um, let's take a quick break here, and then we're going to come back and, and finish up this game and see if we have anything else to get to. Today's episode of the NBA Gambling Podcast presented by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Find the best odds on NBA Championship and Stanley Cup futures when you buy directly from other bettors on PropSwap. See a ticket you like but think the price is too high. Submit a bid for a price you think is fair, then buy it. Every ticket purchased on PropSwap can be resold at any time with one click of a button. And PropSwap gives you a suggested price tool to let you know how much your ticket is worth. Last week, a PropSwap customer purchased the Milwaukee Bucks championship future for $150, and they were down one over the Nets, and then resold it for $1,000 after the Bucks won game seven. With PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. So think of it like the stock market for, for sports betting and use promo code SGP in your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Go to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. Finally, we're brought to you by the SGPN app. The SGPN app is now live. 
in the App Store and Google Play Store. The app gives you easy access to all our picks and podcasts. And don't forget to toss an app review and download the SGPN app today. All right, coming back off the break, any other thoughts on this game that you guys have or uh, do you want to talk us? Bucks, Hawks for a sec. Series prices have dropped for that. Dan, do you have anything else for the game? Yeah, I wanted to add about Reggie Jackson. I, I think he's probably the best person to step up in lieu of if Marcus Morris is going to miss any time. Um, you know, he's got uh, – he hit 20 – 22 plus in three straight. He's knocked down at least yeah. three three pointers in one. Seven of his last. Oh shit, man! Like eight of his last nine games. So if you're looking for a, a, a pretty consistent player prop, like Reggie Jackson's been money from three point range um, over the course of the last two series. So I think he's a good play. Last one I, I'm going to throw out there is DeAndre Ayton. Um, I see his points and rebounds. Uh, his points, rebounds, his assists sit at 25 and a half. Um, he got 20 and nine last game. I see no reason why he can't actually be a potential double-double candidate. Um, we see that the the Clippers' front court is certainly struggling. Even if they choose to go small ball, there's going to be plenty of rebounds for him to collect as well as dominate in the paint. And we've seen him just be phenomenal um, in his second season. So, um, yeah, DeAndre Ayton, I think, is a good bet for uh, points, rebounds, and assists over 25 and a half. Yeah, <clears throat> sorry, going off of that that Reggie Jackson uh bet that or the points uh that we just mentioned, I think it's kind of correlated that if you like the over two and a half on his three point shots made, I think that his scoring total will also go over the nineteen and a half. So I think if you want to parlay those two pieces together, I think that that's a good angle to probably look at. Um, the last point I did want to kind of bring back from game one is that it was interesting to see that the Clippers knocked down twenty three point shots in game one. And the um, Suns only knocked down 13, and yet the Suns still won the game by six points. The Clippers had the advantage by, what, plus 21 from the three-point line, but the Phoenix Suns still made nine more uh, field goals than of the Clippers. So I think that was kind of something that stuck out to me in the uh, box score. And the last thing for me was uh, in the, inside the paint, the Phoenix Suns were plus 20, 54 to 34 inside the paint. So I think that success may continue for the Phoenix Suns in game two. Keep meeting myself. Dan was literally in, in the prop shop uh, on the show. So there you go. A lot of picks for tomorrow <laughs> night's game. And if you're not in the Slack channel, no better time to get in. You can sign up at sg.pn slash. We're about to cross 300 NBA slackers. Um so that's definitely exciting seeing that grow and I'm 200 episodes. So definitely want to jump over to the Eastern Conference real quick before we sign off. Series prices have dropped and they have moved. Bucks up to minus 480. Oh. Uh, Hawks at plus 340. So seems like most people are uh, looking at this as Bucks in five. I, I did pick that as well, although I, I do kind of have a gut that the Hawks can make this competitive. Dan, where are you at with this series? Uh, any series price bets that you've made or, or stand out to you? Oh, man, I'm still, I'm still, uh, I don't know. I, I still don't know how I feel about this. I know just <laughs> st- looking at game one, though, I'm, I'm banking on plus, I mean, seven points to the to the Bucks. I don't see the Bucks. I mean, they played really well over the course of the series, but let's be honest, like the Bucks weren't that great of a team at home this season. They were very erratic throughout the, the season. And what I've seen of the Hawks is this resiliency. And 
I'm not, I'm not bet. I, I feel like I can't bet against them right now. I'm, I'm taking them in game one, at least uh, by the spread. I don't know if I'm going to get as bold enough to take them in game one outright, but I think that they Vegas is being a little bit too cheap with them. I think that they've proven that they're, they're willing to take on the, the better competition and they're none of their younger players are scared to do it. And their team is actually matched up pretty well against them. Um, I think Capella, Capella and John Collins are certainly decent enough to kind of stay in front of, of Giannis Antetokounmpo. I think Chris Middleton's going to be huge in this series as well as Drew Holiday. I think that this is the person that's really going to be tasked to stop Trey Young. And Drew's been struggling from the field. So it's not like, you know, the, the Bucks have been given this security or, or, you know, shooting lights out because by any means they haven't been shooting well at all. So um, I think this is a bit conservative. I'm going to go with the Hawks plus seven, at least in game one. And then I'll probably reassess thereafter because if the Hawks go down one, I think they could definitely steal at least two games in this series. So um, especially when they go back to Atlanta, I think that's going to be a critical point in this, in this uh, series. So uh, first game, yeah, I'm taking, I'm taking Hawks plus seven. Yeah, I think the Hawks can steal games in the series too as well. I think I'm I'm looking at a prop right now, Milwaukee to trail in the series at any point and still win plus 300. Um, mm. So, you know, you could get maybe a Hawks game one or a Hawks up 2-1 um, situation. I, I, look, I, I think the Hawks can definitely compete in this series and, and look, covering a seven-point spread, I mean, I think I think that that's definitely part of that that sort of storyline. Munaf, how about you? Any bets that you've made or uh, thoughts on this pricing at all? Yeah, obviously we we talked about yesterday that we don't want to take the minus four hundred. We're not Vegas Dave out here, but um, <laughs> I think the minus uh, bucks minus one and a half is still a little chalky. But I think that's the one that makes the most sense to me. I mean, it's still at minus one seventy five, but. If we think that they get it done in five games or six games, I don't really don't see this getting to seven games. Uh, but I've been wrong about the Hawks all playoffs long. But for for it to be at minus one seventy five, which is a better price than taking the actual the series price, I think that's something that I might be looking at for this series. Um, other than that, uh, as far as the series prices, I don't see anything else that I like. I mean. Bucks and five is at plus two around plus 200 and then bucks or sorry, this, the series to end in five games is at plus 200 and, and the game, the, sorry, the series to end in six games is at plus 250. So I might lay a little bit on both of those, hoping that I think it ends in five or six games. Those are kind of the bets that I'm kind of looking at. Yeah. I think I'm going to tail that moon off. Um, I think that that's the right, that's the right number. Five and five and six is, is certainly looking like the solid bet just based off of what the Hawks have been doing and their, uh, their ability to stay in these series when they were underdogs the whole way. Right. So yeah, they've, they've, they've certainly been proving that out. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see in this series too, you know, how do these players start to look in their matchups and as we start to look at player props for each of these games, you know, can Drew Holiday lock up Trey Young, you know, do the Hawks have, can John Collins bother Giannis? You know, there are going to be a lot of interesting kind of what ifs in this, in this series. Um, you know, we'll, we'll definitely have a show Wednesday morning to get to all these player props, but we do have this game one line at minus seven. So uh, look out for the show Wednesday morning. We'll have full handicap of that and getting to props, totals, everything like that. For tonight though, anything else that you guys wanted to, to talk about any news that's caught your eye recently? Um, yeah, Munaf, anything you wanted to get off? Uh, no, I mean, you know, we're, we're starting to see some of these uh, names pop up for 
coaching jobs. I think the latest thing that I saw from uh, Woj this morning was uh, Becky Hammonds and Chauncey Billups were getting the second round of interviews. I think it would be absolutely fantastic if we ever, we saw the first female head coach in the in the NBA. I think that would just be a great story to, and to, to, to break that barrier would be awesome. But again, I, I think that it's just going to rely on what Damian Lillard or who Damian Lillard wants as a head coach in Portland, if he decides to stay there. But um, other than Sixers stuff, man, I think that, you know, we'll probably be getting more news here throughout the week. So I, I think maybe we can get into it on a Wednesday or Thursday. Hopefully we get some more news coming down. Yes, sir. Dan, any final thoughts for the people? Yeah, I just want to thank you guys for allowing me to join you on this great podcast, man, to, <laughs> to get it 200 episodes. Um, so happy to be here. And you guys are the best cappers that I could, I could honestly do this with. So appreciate being sharing the stage with y'all. Um, thank you for also giving me the stage to vent. Um, I just crushed this glass of whiskey. <laughs> in the process of doing that. So it was certainly something that I noticed that <laughs> certainly something I need to get out, get out here. Um, but then also I just want to something random that, that crossed my feed was, uh, uh, I saw Kramer and, and Sean talking about sons and four guy. And, uh, I realized hmm. something on TikTok. the dude that got his ass beat is now on a clout chasing tour, trying to tell his side of the story, how he didn't get his ass beat. Um, which I thought was hilarious. It's like, Jesus, like everybody's just trying to get their moment in their shine of their 15 minutes, but sad nonetheless, but sons and four dude is really looking like the champ considering how well the sons have been playing and seemingly what the path for Chris Paul is to, to finally get to his championship. I think there's no other person that's remaining in this playoffs. That's probably more deserving of a, a ring than him. So that's something that I'm really curious to see how it plays out. But overall, man, I'm all for the parody of the league right now. I think it's great that we're not seeing the Lakers, LeBron, uh, some of these na big name notoriety players that have really been dominating the the NBA for years. I think it's going to be really cool to see these young up and coming superstars make a name for themselves and hopefully uh, bring home a Larry O'Brien trophy. So just great, great shit. Love the NBA. Best sport in the world. Yes, sir. And it, so, Suns and four guy, definitely the winner of the playoffs so yeah. far. Uh, <laughs> I guess him and Kevin Durant uh, so far have won, won the playoffs. Dan, it's been great working with you as well. So appreciate that. Moon off, been a great season so far. Going to keep uh, finishing it up with uh, these last couple series. Dan, where can people find you on Twitter to follow your stuff? Yeah, holla at me at Dan Titus at D-A-N-T-I-T-U-S. Super creative, I know. Uh, but yeah, I'll be doing some other shit for the SGPN crew, doing some fancy football. So we're already starting to gear that up. Hopefully, Munaf and I will be uh, parlaying some other uh, prop options uh, for you guys as well. If, if not, worst case, it's going to be an editorial form. So we're really excited for what we have coming for the football season thereafter. Yes, sir. Munaf, how about you? Yeah, you find me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. Uh, have everything posted up there, working on stuff for the site. Uh, it's been a great season, just echoing off what Dan has said, working with you guys and talking about NBA all season long. So have us a lot of playoffs left, and I'm sure it's going to be a lot of fun conversations in the offseason. Uh, just looking forward to working with you guys. And I know, Dan, we have something planned, hopefully, for NFL season. And that kind of pans out for us. But, you know, I'm excited for uh, SGPN's future and, and just working with you guys, man. So I appreciate you guys. The next, oh, yeah. the next, the next re-up's going to be in Vegas, man. We got to make it happen. Oh yeah, yeah we're doing Vegas. I think I, I think I, I may be at summer league, so child, child, be checking with some prospect uh, prospect. I reviews. may so, be there as well. 
All right. Yeah, let's I, need do to, it. I need to get out there to sign up for those uh, football contests. So I, I'm trying to plan it where I'm hitting those summer league games okay. too. So. All right. So that could, that, oh, yeah. that could be interesting. Um, yeah. <laughs> damn, I, I just got so excited. I lost my train of thought. I was going to say, you can follow me on Twitter at NBA Zach B. Please subscribe, rate, and review to this podcast, the NBA Gambling Podcast, all the podcasts on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Follow the website. Got articles. Got Moonhouse articles. Dan's sportsgamblingpodcast.com and the Slack channel, sg.pn slash Slack. We're about to cross 300 members in the NBA Slack, so pumped about that. And, um, yeah, we got this um, Clippers-Suns on Tuesday night. And then Bucks Hawks game one on Wednesday night. So going to be a fun week. And then obviously every other day, each series alternates. So we'll be back with the rest of the shows, the rest of the week. So have a good one, everybody, and let it ride. Basketball, give it, give it, give it the ball because I'm going.